Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back once again to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. Uh, it's our first episode in a couple weeks. Um, I was on vacation. Obviously, I was down in Miami last week for the Dolphins game, so wasn't able to record, but we're finally back at it. Uh, I'm Jackson McCurry. And joining me as always is my co-host Anthony Jokey. Anthony, how are you doing, buddy? Um, I could be better. I've been coughing for three weeks, and I apologize if uh, a few of those come through on the podcast today. But um, coughing and, and busy at work—it's uh, just a sad time of year with the holidays. So uh, you know, hopefully everybody has a good uh, Thanksgiving this week. Uh, but. Uh, it could be better, and obviously uh, the football team could be better too, <laughs> to say the least, after the last couple of weeks after the bye week. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and before we get started, me and I remind everybody, we are the Dogland Podcast. This is this part of Dogs by Nature, uh, SB Nation, and Vox Media? Um, but yeah, we're here to break down the Browns' loss to the Buffalo Bills, uh, 31-23. to uh, the Browns are now three and seven. They've lost six of their last seven. Um, it, it, it's just, it, this has not been a fun time. It's another one of those uh, stretches of Browns football that just hasn't been a good time. Um, you're I mean, it looks like if you look at it, Anthony, you look at the score 31 to 23, and then you look at the box score and you would think this was a really close game. And in some aspects, you look at the box score and it's like, how did the Browns lose this game today? But if you, if you watch the game, you, you will know that like the box score and the actual game were like two different stories of how this game played out because, you know, you look and you see the Browns out through the Buffalo bills. Uh, they had more first downs. They were better on third down. Um, they allowed fewer sacks, you know, they had less penalties. They had the time of possession. They had more first downs. Every, pretty much every aspect of this game would say the Browns should have won this game, but ultimately at the end of the day, they didn't do enough. And, you know, that's why like people will look at the box score and say, Hey, well, you know, the Browns played a really good game. You watch the tape or you watched it live on TV today. You'll know exactly that the Browns just did not come out and play very good football against a team in Buffalo who didn't bring their a game on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I would imagine with everything that they went through this week uh, and the extra travel and, um, you know, <laughs> having to dig out of their driveways and stuff um, has something to do with that. But, yeah, you, you started to paint a picture, and I'll, I'll finish it there. You know, you look at the box score, you see Josh Allen has 18 completions, 27 yards – or 27 attempts, 197 yards and touchdown. You see Stefan Diggs only had four catches for 48 yards. Gabe Davis, five catches for 68 yards. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you know, you, you scroll down a little bit further. You see uh, their, uh, their kicker, 
they had six field goals today. And you're like, oh, Browns defense did a good job of, you know, getting off the field. And uh, you look at you look at the other side, you see Jacoby Brissett, 324 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, Amari Cooper, eight catches, 113, two touchdowns. Uh, and you're like, well, the Browns must have, you know, won this game and uh, was able to outscore Buffalo because they made them kick so many, so many field goals. But, you know, they just uh, – going to get the run game going today. And I think the, the <coughs> excuse me, the biggest statistic, Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 19 yards. I mean, w- when you see that one, uh, you know, um, that, that kind of uh, paints a picture for the, for the offense. And then on the other side of that, uh, Singletary and James uh, Cook combined 29 carries for 172 yards. Um, and that shows you what happened on, on the defensive side and why Buffalo was able to move move the football. You know, it's the the running game has been uh, the defensive side has been an issue all year. Uh, and we've talked about it with the you know poor defensive tackle play, uh, among other things. Um, you would think that, uh, like you said, that the, the the Browns looking at looking at it. Uh, the Browns should have won this one, but despite holding Buffalo to six field goals, uh, you still would have had to score 32 points to beat them. And when you when you play Buffalo, um, you you almost have to put up 30, 35 points to, to even have a chance. And uh, unfortunately, um, the Browns were able to do that uh, in key spots. You know they. Uh, had a field goal, field goal blocked. Uh, they uh, weren't able to score when he got in the red zone. They fumbled uh, in Buffalo territory. So you look at all those things, and that all adds up to uh, not winning today, despite the statistics uh, maybe showing otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know the biggest reason why the Browns lost. Uh, today was the run defense and you know you mentioned they gave up 172 yards uh this is the fifth time already this season they've given up 160 yards or more on the ground uh each one of those times they've done that they've lost uh last week they did it in Miami uh this week they did it obviously against Buffalo and it's just this run defense and you know this isn't just the thing that's happened this year it seems like every year since 99 the Browns just have not been able to stop the run by any means necessary. But this year, it just seems like it's that much worse. Um, I think back to the the Chargers game last week against Miami and this week against Buffalo. Teams that aren't, like, for the year, haven't been great running the ball, and the Browns go in thinking, at least our thought process is they got to stop the pass attack or – you know, they got to find ways to uh, limit what the quarterback does. And Josh Allen obviously is very mobile and he has a big chunk of the bills rushing yards this season. And, but this week, you know, Daryl single or Devin Singletary, Singletary and James cook, you know, they've been decent running the ball. Obviously the bills were in the market to uh, get McCaffrey or Kamara at the trade deadline. But you know, this week, Singletary and Cook just ran all over the Browns defense. And that's been like a continuous thing for teams that haven't been strong running the ball. And I think of those three games in mind, the Chargers, the Dolphins and the Bills, where, you know, I think the Browns go in thinking 
limit the passing attack. And then once again, like these teams just gash the Browns defense with the run, something that they might not have expected, but um, unfortunately it did happen once again. And it's just a shame that this defense has so much talent and miles Garrett said it after the game, like they cannot waste this Browns team cannot waste uh, the talent that's on this roster in their primes right now. Um, they have to figure things out and, you know, the run defense has just been a very, very, very disappointing thing this season. Um, but it goes back to Andrew Barry, not uh, focusing on, you know, putting talent at the defensive tackle position or, you know, upgrading pieces at the linebacking position. We've had injuries with Walker and Phillips and obviously JOK was back today from injury. And he, I think had a really good game. Uh, he was making plays, but that middle of the defense has just been a very sore spot um, throughout the whole season. And it's, it was another disappointing uh, thing today. Yeah. It, it's been really rough to watch all year long and, Jack, I swear, if you know next week Tampa Bay runs all over us, uh, it's it's gonna be something because uh, through ten games this year they have seven hundred and seven rushing yards as a team. They only averaging seventy yards on the ground every game. So if they come in here uh, into Cleveland next week and roll, you know, run one hundred fifty yards, I mean, come on, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what more you, you gotta see. Uh, but you know, there's really not much you can do personnel wise uh, this time of year to, um, you know, add things to the defensive line. I'm sure you can get a player here and there, but how much are they really going to contribute, um, you know, off the streets or off the waiver wire? Um, schematically, you're so far, <laughs> excuse me, uh, into the season that you would think that most of everything's installed by now. Um, to where a lot of this would would be shored up, um, and uh, it it just it just isn't, and I don't understand what it is because there's a lot of talent on this defense. Uh, there seems to constantly be miss uh, communication and and things of that nature. Um, so between the the defensive leadership and the defensive staff, there's just a, a huge disconnect. And uh, when there's such a huge disconnect like that, it, it just unfortunately causes things to unravel so quickly. And you've seen it <laughs> over the last few weeks. Uh, you mentioned all, all those games there uh, with um, Buffalo and, and Miami, et cetera. Uh, you've just seen the, the run defense just get worse and worse every week and um, how Andrew Barry uh, overhauled the offensive line, the defensive uh, line and the linebacking core that needs to happen next. Um, you know, he's done a good job of adding a couple pieces, obviously JOK, um, you know, the defensive secondary, Emerson, seems to be a, a really nice player. Um, but there's, uh, in that front seven, uh, there has to be a lot of changes um, going into next season. Um, you know, they don't have their first round pick, obviously, uh, but uh, they still have their second and, and free agency, which I don't think will be a huge factor because of the cap situation. But uh, you have to find a way to shirt us up and I, 
we'll see if it's a, a coordinator change too uh, that uh, goes with it. But uh, there's just an overhaul uh, that needs to take place um, because right now it's just it's just not working. No, it's really not. And you know, Barry was able to you know patch the holes when he could at you know D tackle. You know, Malik McDowell and Malik Jackson last year, like there wasn't glaring holes there. We obviously knew they were short-term fixes. Um, you know, they drafted Jordan Elliott during this time. They drafted Tommy Togiai, Perion Winfrey. Um, none of them have really made any immediate impacts. I think that they could be long-term building blocks here on that interior of the defensive line. You know, Taven Bryan was another guy on a one-year deal. Who knows what his future holds? Um, but yeah, that defensive tackle room just got completely underlooked, you know, uh, Nadamakin Sue over the summer wanted to come to Cleveland. It just seemed like Browns weren't interested. I don't know if it was the age. I don't know if it was just, you know, the analytics. When you looked at his PFF grades, they weren't great. Um, he obviously signed with Philly last week as they're looking to, you know, make a Super Bowl run and bolstering their defensive line with some veterans. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that's what they need to look at next. Uh, same with the linebacking room. Like they have JOK, there's a building block. Um, you know, they, they traded for Deion Jones. He's been lackluster so far. Taki Taki's a free agent after this year. Um, Tony Fields, you know, promising, you know, developmental piece perhaps, but there's just not enough pieces there. Like there's another position group that they need to spend a little more at. I think they, they took the money ball approach at linebacker and the defensive tackle, you know, as they looked to build up, you know, the pass rushing room and the secondary, but, like you have to divvy it up and you have to, you know, spend a little more, I think in those spots, whether it's with draft uh, capital or in free agency, like they have to get some talent in those rooms. You can't just go, you know, we're going to go cheap in these rooms and then, you know, go top heavy in the other rooms. Like you have to give equal share, I think, to all the position groups. It's, I think it's the only, I think it's the best way to build a team. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they approach it this off season. Do they make changes to it or they continue to do the same thing? And, you know, I think it's apparent at this point that there's going to be a new voice leading that defensive room. You know, I think Joe Woods will end up getting let go at the end of the season. I think it's warranted because there's been times where uh, it's just it does not look good on that defensive side of the ball. Part of it's the execution by the players. Part of it's the effort by the players. And I think they should be held just as accountable. But I think it seems, Anthony, that, you know, they want a new voice. And the fact that Miles Garrett, who's you know, unequivocally the leader of that defense has spoken out publicly two weeks in a row now about what's going on, whether it's on in practice or on game day about what's going on on that side of the ball. I think that speaks volumes that there needs to be a change made because when the leader of the defense seems really frustrated about the things that are going on, I think that's, that should be a wake up call to the organization that, you know, they need to make changes on that side of the ball for sure. Yeah. And also the quote from, uh, Grant Delpit, who's really not a leader uh, on the defense, but he said after the game, uh, somebody asked him uh, how to fix the trust in the run game on defense, and he said, in order to have trust, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, <laughs> and that's that, that, and that that's, is a lot coming, damning. and that's damning coming from him, who hasn't been the greatest player this year, but. I mean, he has shown flashes. I think today he made some plays, but yeah, that speaks volume when Grant, a guy like Grant Delpit's uh, speaking out about the uh, issues on defensively. 
and, and, who, and who knows, maybe schematically he's being put in such a bad position that it just shows, you know, what we see as him being a very bad player. Uh, you know, it, it could be that too. Like they're asking him to do too much and it's just not working. And, you know, we see things, uh, you know, I know you and I don't like constantly break down film, but when, when we see <laughs> some of these coverages that are blown or, or other things and you know we see Grant Delpit near there uh or it looks like he's supposed to go with that receiver or that receiver cover this guy in the flat whatever they ask him to do maybe on this defense there's just way too much being asked of uh some of these guys and that's why all this miscommunication stuff continues to happen uh it, it's incredible that it's caught on um uh, 10 games into the season now, uh, you know, you would think after the Jets game and that debacle that it would have been fixed there, but it, it's just something that's continued to happen. And uh, there's, just, there's just something that has to change. And I, I think it will too. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think after this season, um, I, I would say probably half the, the coaching staff won't be here. I, I don't think, uh, Joe Woods will be here, and I don't think Mike Prefer will be here because how many times can you have a field goal blocked in a season? This is what the third time, fourth time this year. Yeah, uh, I think so. You rarely see you know teams get one or two blocked every year, let alone like three or four. So I mean, look, it now Jerome Ford, you know that the returns were nice today, but uh, you know there's just these things that seem to be repeat problems that aren't getting addressed. And you just have to wonder why you, you just have to wonder why are we still making these same mistakes, these same mistakes week after week after week. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we were going to get to special teams because that was another uh, glaring hole, but yeah, I mean, since you brought it up, like Cade York, like the traje- trajectory of the ball was not, is not as an issue and it has been obviously i think you said it's four blocked kicks and you know you look at it like the trajectory of the ball is so low and he's kicking that like is that being taught like or is Kate doing that on his own and he's not obviously getting the right coaching to improve that like that's an issue um the return like kick coverage uh naheem hines had some great returns both punt return and kick return today and uh bjorkwes uh he's taken a step backwards. I thought he was great at the beginning of the year, punting the ball. And now he looks worse. Like there's big issues on that side of the ball. I don't know how Mike Prefer still has a job right now. We're recording at eight 30 on Sunday night. Like he should have been fired in Detroit. Like I understand like teams don't like making in season changes, but when these same things keep happening week after week, like you like not making any changes. And I don't know if, you know, Stefanski's being told from above not to make changes. I don't know if he's like too loyal. I've made the comparison that he's been uh, like Tito Francona when it comes to loyalty to, to his guys. Like at some point, that's why, that's why people get are getting fed up with Stefanski and that that's a big issue. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but it's just not good when the mistakes keep happening week after week after week, they're not getting better. And you, for an organization that is that preaches accountability, accountability is not being uh, 
forced upon. And I, that, I think that's why a lot of fans are getting frustrated with the whole organization for, you know, preaching smart, tough accountability. And then they're not implementing that at the same time. So, but you had mentioned Anthony about like the coverage breakdowns, the touchdown to Stefan Diggs, I think it was in the third quarter or no, the end of the first half bills take the lead. He's wide open. And we're all wondering like, how did he get left wide open? Because like the entire first half, he had not gotten targeted. Uh, he was getting frustrated, went to McDermott on the sideline and was like, can you guys like open things up to get me the ball? And then lo and behold, he's wide open in the ends back of the end zone. And ESPN puts up the next gen uh, animation and we're trying to figure out in our group chat, who's to blame for this. Is it AJ green? Is it Denzel ward? Is it, is it um, greedy? Like Emerson. Who is, or Emerson. That's what I was trying to think. It was greedy or Emerson. Who's to blame on that. And like, I've seen five different people have five different answers. Like we still couldn't figure it out. I don't know if Denzel was supposed to pick up Gabe Davis and Emerson was supposed to get uh digs like, and it seems like from what I saw, it was, they were in man coverage and Denzel was in a whole different uh alleged, a whole different coverage beach because he didn't move. So was he in zone and everybody else was a man. Like, I don't know who is calling the plays. I didn't see Deion Jones out there today. I saw JOK and Fields for the most part. So, like, who was the green dot? Was it John Johnson? Like, this has been the constant thing all season, the miscommunications, the breakdowns in coverage. Like, I don't know what the issues are, but it just seems like week after week, it's still there. It's not getting fixed. And, like, we just want answers. And, of course, Stefanski will – He's saying, like, he's not going to call anybody out publicly. That's what the players are obviously trying to do. But, like, why aren't things getting fixed? What's going on in practice? Miles Garrett talked about, like, stuff not getting implemented in practice or being focused on. And it's like, what is going on when the media goes away after they get their little viewing session of practice every day? Like, what are they doing in there? That's a great question because if we had an answer, I think he would show on the football field. Yeah, um, and, and the fact that that nothing is, uh, I, I think that that's your answer. Um, you know, it, it just like we said, week after week, it's just, it's the same thing. It's been the same result. Um, I don't know, and, and they would never admit it if they just feel because. Uh, of the eleven game suspension, if they you know they just thought it was a almost a, a wasted year, uh, you know try to just try to get the make the best out of it we can, and uh, you know we'll roll into roll into next year. Uh, they they would never admit doing that, uh, but it, it's just I, I don't I don't understand. We'll see if things change in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, when the, the quarterback comes back. But, um, you know, I, I going into next Sunday against Tampa Bay, there, there just has to be a, a drastic improvement because if Tampa Bay comes in here uh, into Cleveland next week and things aren't uh, pretty on the field, um, it's there's going to be a very uh, vociferous bunch uh, in that stadium um, towards towards the end of the game, if not, you know, a lot earlier than that, depending on, on what the score is like. But um, 
it'll be interesting to to see how it plays out and how they can uh, rebound after this one. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, next Sunday against Tampa is going to be really interesting to see how they come out and how they perform and how it looks towards the end of the game. But you know, as we we talked about the defense enough, let's go to the offense. Um, the offense, you know, they came out, you know, guns a blazing like they have every, pretty much every game this season. Uh, they drive right down the field. You know, they lose Ethan Posick in one of the first couple plays with a knee injury. Um, that's going to be interesting to see what happens because Michael Dunn just went on IR and he would have been Posick's backup. So they had to put Froholt in, and he got obliterated, uh, I think, all game long. But the Browns, you know, drove down the field. Jacoby Brissett, you know, connected with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, Anthony, like, I don't know how much more we would have expected out of Jacoby Brissett, but I think he's done as good a job as he could uh, this season. You know, today he throws for over 300 yards. Yeah, Towards the end of it, obviously, it was garbage time. Um, You know, the Browns try to make it a game late. But 324 yards, three touchdowns overall in the season. He's completed 64%, which I think is the, I think the biggest key of his success because this is a career high for him in terms of completion percentage. So I think kudos goes towards uh, Drew Petzing, the quarterback coach, Alex Van Pelt, and Stefanski for uh, what they the work they've done with Jacoby Brissett. He's thrown for almost 2,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Like he hasn't done anything uh, to like win us a game in terms of like a game winning drive or a fourth quarter comeback. He has lost us some games with his um, poor throws late against Atlanta and the Jets. Um, but Jacoby's done a masterful job, I think, with this offense. I think they're still top 10 in scoring, which is mind-boggling. I don't think any of us would have predicted that 
uh, 10 games into a season that Jacoby Brissett was going to do this, but he's done a great job. And I think he's earned himself a nice payday once he gets into the offseason and free agency. Um, there, I don't think he'll be back here as the backup, but he's going to find himself a, a, a job in this league for a few more years just because of what he's been able to do uh, despite all the circumstances here in Cleveland this year. Oh, yeah, you look at, uh, you know, some of the the backups that were signed last offseason, you know, Brissett and uh, Trubisky. Trubisky and Mariota, uh, some of these other guys. And Jacoby's obviously outplayed them all. Uh, there's no reason why he wouldn't get like a two or three year deal, maybe uh, at a team that's, you know, looking to looking to rebuild. Uh you know, maybe Geno Smith might be the, the, the one lone exception. He's played well out in Seattle, but, um, you know, this uh, Jacoby has played well. Uh, you read off his stat line there. No issues with that. I mean, 2,400 yards in, in 10 games, 240 yards a game from a, from a backup quarterback. I, you can't complain about that. Um, but – the, the issue with Brissett at quarterback is uh, another stat uh, that we found after the game. Um, Jacoby doesn't have the arm to beat you deep. And before today, the Browns did not have a touchdown pass of uh, 15 yards or more. The one in the first, or uh, what was it, the first quarter uh, to Cooper, that was 22 yards. That was the longest one that they've had this year. Um, with no threat to beat these defenses deep, um, the, these defenses have been able to just kind of tee off and, and load the box. Uh, and that's why you see, like today, Nick Chubb, you know, those those carries and only 19 yards. I You just – obviously, I, that will change here in a couple of weeks. So there will be that threat, uh, one, to throw deep, two – uh, to be able to beat defenses uh, with with your feet. Um, but Jacoby's done everything that has been asked of him and, and probably even more. Uh, he's been a very nice leader on offense. And you, you can't ask, I think, for <coughs> – excuse me. You can't ask for anything more than what he's done this year. Yeah, without a doubt. I think he's done, he's done as good as he can as he could despite all the circumstances like I said and you know, he's he's just a good dude. Like he comes to the press conference, he owns if he plays like crap and you know, he always, you know, has a smile on his face, always says he's going to get better and I think he's gotten better week after week. I think, you know, the fact that he's he's limited his turnovers for the most part, you know, he tries not to get us get sacked often um he does hold on to the ball long sometimes and i think his mobility is something that you know a lot of people didn't expect out of him like he's he's not obviously like the other mobile quarterbacks in this league but he can get around like he's had i, I forget the number of how many rushing yards he's had but i think he surprised me with how mobile he is despite his limited uh speed but um he does have a he can move in around the pocket, which is something I think Stefanski always wanted out of his quarterback. Um, and he's created plays with his legs. So we really could not ask much more out of um Jacoby Brissett. And obviously next week's gonna be his last start. 
Um, but he's done a masterful job, I think, as the Browns starting quarterback. Uh, Amari Cooper, I think, continues to have great performance after great performance. Uh, today, 113 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns. Um, he's already at seven receiving touchdowns on the year. I think he's top five in the league. I think that was the uh, the tweet you had shared with us earlier. Um, but yeah, he had a great performance today, made some unbelievable catches. One, um, he had a foot out of bounds, but like that first quarter, he was getting open like crazy. And then late in the fourth quarter, he started to uh, make some plays and try to get us back into the game. But, you know, Cooper's been phenomenal too. I would say Anthony outside of the Josh Gordon uh, season in 2013, he's been the Browns best and most consistent receiver we've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah, he's played very well, and you know, and, and that's even with a, a backup quarterback too. Uh, so you you have to, uh, I, I think, be pretty excited, uh, you know, to see what uh, Cooper can do the rest of this year and, and next year um, uh, with the other quarterbacks. So uh, I, he's done a phenomenal job. You know, I I know we talked early when we did our season predictions, we did like an over under thing. And I said that he would definitely have like over a thousand yards. I think he's well on the pace of doing that. I think we'll get it. Um, and I, I said that uh, he was out there with lots of proof, um, you know, <laughs> to the, to the rest of the league, uh, especially to the, the Cowboys who traded him, uh, you know, the, the compensation, uh that the Browns gave up was, was not very much. And uh, uh, definitely gone out there every week and, and, and done very well. So, um, you know, it's nice that uh, we, we have, a, I would say, a, a number one receiver and, and Cooper has done a, a very nice job through these first 10 games. And I think over these last seven games, uh, you'll start to see uh, even more from him uh, as, as the quarterback situation improves. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, him and Donovan Peoples-Jones have the one and two spots locked down, at least for the next couple of years. And then if they can add somebody in the draft, whether it's the second or third round, that home run threat, that Gabe Davis type, that, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill type with speed that can rack up yards after the catch. If they can find someone like that in the in the second or third round or even in the middle rounds, I know they were probably hoping Anthony Schwartz could be like that. Um, I don't see that in him right now, but if they can find someone like that, and then you're starting to see David Bell make more uh, um, of his opportunities, that wide receiver room is going to look really nice for Deshaun Watson for the next several seasons, I think, here in Cleveland. Yeah, I think they really factored having Jokey Grant too uh, this year, and obviously that was a, a big loss at, at the start of the season. Um, you know, I think he would have helped uh, this offense to do some different things to speed. But uh, yeah, if they could find you know that that one guy who's who's the burner, uh, that that one guy that could just take the top off defenses, play after play after play. Uh, and can consistently catch the football. I, I think that that's the guy that they need to find. Um, I if they're able to find that, you're gonna unlock a lot of different things uh, with within this offense um, that schematically gets a lot of people open. 
Uh, there's no, there's no doubt about that. The guys consistently get open uh, in this defense. Uh, where it'll really help uh, is the running game uh, because the box has been so crowded recently. Uh, if you're able to stress these defenses out, uh, that's going to bode very well for for Nick Chubb and others too. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Nick Chubb today, you know, he was 14 carries for 19 yards. It's probably the worst game of his career. Um, he had some flashes in the receiving game early on. Uh, Jacoby found him on you know, uh, check downs and a couple and a screenplay, uh, three catches, 48 yards. But, you know, the running game was just not there today. I know Kareem Hunt had five carries for 32 yards, but even him, like he, Anthony, he looks so much slower now Um, in terms of a runner. Like, I don't know what's happened to Kareem. I don't know if he's like got one foot out the door, like he's ready to move on. I know, you know, there was talk at the deadline that he could have been moved and maybe he wanted to move on. But, like, the running game as a whole was bad today. Obviously, the offensive line just does not look as physical as they have uh, in recent memory as we've had over the years. Obviously, Conklin got hurt um, late in the game, got stepped on. Uh, Posick was out. Uh, you know, it's just the offensive line wasn't good today, and I think that led to – and all credit to Buffalo as well because they have one of the best defensive lines in football – but, you know, Nick Chubb just got swallowed up every time he ran the ball today. And it was it just did not bode well offensively. Um, it forced Jacoby to throw more, obviously. Um, but the running game was not good. And I think credit that was just to Nick Chubb. He did not play well either. Can I ask you a question about play calling? Yes. Too? Let's go. With a backup center, why are we running two consecutive quarterback sneaks in short yard situations? You know what? Like that was that was mind boggling to me. I got it the first time. You know, Jacoby's been lights out for the most part. I think he only had one failed uh, QB sneak prior to coming to Cleveland, and he's been automatic all season long for the most part. I don't understand that. Like, I don't even know if anybody asked Stefanski this after the game, but that was that was bad. Like that was bad bad, bad play calling by Stefanski there. And, you know, yeah, he's, I'm, he's, he's to blame today for some stuff that happened offensively. Like when I think it was six times, I think it was in the first half, we had six possessions in Bill's territory and we only came away with 10 points. Well, like we got in the red zone and it, like the offense went anemic. Like, I don't understand what Stefanski was doing today. And I know some people think I'm a homer and like, we'll always defend Stefanski it was not a good day for him as a play caller. And it's the last couple of weeks have not been good for him. I will say that. Yeah. I, I that one was uh, a definite head scratcher. I, I, I didn't understand that. I, I'm sure the percentages uh, said that, you know, he's going to get it one of those two times, but um, you know, I, that, that, that's just was, was bad play calling especially with the the situation uh with the offensive line um i don't understand it and you know it's uh oh shame i i guess you didn't get asked about like you mentioned uh but you know that 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 was a that was a key situation there obviously and uh it, it would have been nice to to have that one yeah definitely it, it, there's a lot of things today that i wish um we could have got back and done over um it was 
it was just not a good performance overall. Uh, like we said, the box score, people that didn't watch the game will look at the box score and think like Browns fans are just overreacting. But if you watch what we had to watch today, it was not pretty at all. Um, Anthony, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up here? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think we've exhausted a, a good chunk of this. Um, and my, my voice is getting tired too, just because all this, all this coughing has, has been so consistent, but, uh, you know, they got, they got a lot of work to do this week, uh, to prepare for Tampa Bay. Um, uh, it, it's funny, uh, not only do we have that, but we have Ohio State, Michigan on, on Saturday, uh, then we got a Michigan quarterback coming uh, to Cleveland on Sunday, so hopefully he's he's in a pretty bad mood uh, come Sunday. Oh, oh, um, I know I I know he's been in a bad mood all year long with everything that's gone on. Uh, so but just maybe a little bit of extra uh, would be nice. Oh, he's in a bad mood, and he's been playing lights out since the divorce, and probably with all the stuff coming out after the divorce, he's he's probably not happy right now. And if Ohio state beats Michigan, he'll even be more pissed off rolling into Brown stadium on Sunday. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one that I'll just say that right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hopefully uh, they're able to, uh, you know, move, move the ball. You know, that is a tough defense they have to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tampa Bay does. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Maybe with, with the holiday, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get it together. Uh, before the game we'll try to but um, you know it's it's not going to be an easy game per se Uh, but uh, they they definitely (coughs) excuse me Uh, being at home they definitely got a shot to win it yeah I mean uh, the the crowd will be raucous at First Energy Stadium uh, whether it's good or bad Uh, I don't I don't think so I don't think so you don't think so I, I no, this is the time of year, especially with the record, that it starts to dwindle a little bit. You always see like that late arriving crowd. Um, at least that's what I've noticed uh, over my couple seasons there. Uh, you know, being being a season ticket holder, I've noticed later in the year when the records start to it, it's three and seven now. I, I I know it won't be completely full I, i'll tell you that uh and i don't know what the weather is supposed to be like but um it, it's not going to be like it normally is uh not like for that money night game a couple a few weeks ago right right um yeah it'll be interesting especially the holiday weekend um be interesting to see how much of the crowd really shows up because i know if, if judging by twitter and you know twitter is a small sample size but uh they are really pissed off with this, this team right now. And with good reason, they're not playing well. Um, I'm the fans expected a little more uh, out of a team starting a backup quarterback, the first 11 games. Um, Obviously the defense, you know, there was high expectations this year, but I get the frustration because I'm, I'm frustrated as much as anybody right now with this team. Um, But we'll see how it shakes out uh, next Sunday against Tampa. Uh, like Anthony said, we'll try to get back and do an episode sometime this week. We got the holidays and everything going on this week. So we'll do our best to get another episode out. If not, we'll catch y'all next Sunday after the game and we'll break that one down for sure. Um, in the meantime, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. Follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 and follow us on Twitter at the Dogland as well as on Facebook. Make sure you guys check out Dogs by Nature. They do some fantastic work 
on the site over there. Check out the other podcast on the feed, The Dog's Table. They do some fantastic work as well. And as always, whether they win or lose, we'll always say, go Browns. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.